Welcome to Nourishing the Feminine Soul with Pamela Wasabi. Take a deep breath and open up to the possibilities of what your life has to offer. Pamela and her guests will show you how you can take charge of your life by embracing the values of the wild woman. Exhale. Learn to trust yourself again. Embrace your infinite power of intuition and love yourself crazy. Now, here's your host, Pamela Wasabi. Nothing is, and everything is. Take a look at the world again. When I say it's beautiful and you say it's fucked up, none of us hold the truth. Life is not beautiful or fucked up. Life is not masculine or feminine. Life is not a yes or a no. Life is not right or wrong. Life is not ambiguous. Life simply is. Life happens, life propagates, life flows in spite of our human commentary. Life exists. Life is. And that is, is the most beautiful statement that has ever been. This is a poem from the book, Woman of the Moon, Love is Life, page three. You can find this book on Amazon.com or in my website, PamelaWasabi.com. And yes, I'll sign your copy. Good morning, Miami and the world. I've seen that I have listeners from all around the world, Ireland, Thailand, France, Canada. So thank you and welcome to the show. I am your host, Pamela Wasabi, and this is Nourishing the Feminine Soul. This show is an invitation to understand relationships with self, others, and food from the archetype of the wild woman. I will offer you solutions you can apply to live a more vibrant and radiant life by unveiling the power of your divine feminine. And this is a power that is available to all of us. It only takes to tap in, trust yourself, and listen to your intuition. You can join us every Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, a.m. Pacific Time. So those in California, just got to wake up a little bit to tune to us live. We are on voiceamerica.com health and wellness channel. You can also catch the recording of the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and so on. So please uh, share with your friends, with your family, uh, with those that you think that need to listen to this episode. Uh, I really appreciate if you leave me a comment, if you... Uh, reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, Pamela Wasabi. Uh, you can DM me. Uh, let me know how the show is going or how or who you want me to invite and speak about this wild woman that we have within. I want to remind you that I also have a bakery and we ship nationwide. It's a vegan and gluten-free bakery. You can find it at Instagram, Pamela Wasabi underscore bakery. And we make all sorts of delicious and wholesome and exotic things. We have cookies, brownies, muffins, cheesecakes, birthday cakes, and the list goes on. Uh, what else I have for you uh, today? Well, my book, The Wild Woman Book, it's finally out. You can find it on Amazon.com or in my website, Pamela Wasabi. It's called The Wild Woman, Nourishing the Feminine Soul. And it's a book that wants to heal food issues and eating disorders through the revival of our divine feminine energy. So you can say it is a, this show is the continuation of my book. 
And my book, it's simply an expression of my teachings, my lessons, my learnings, and my life. So I will forever speak about the wild women. All right, my friends, a couple of weeks ago, we had a very rich, juicy, and fascinating show with Isabel Loeb. We were speaking about how to reclaim our voice. And uh, we run short on time. And although uh, it might seem as it was a very painful uh, moment for me, <laughs> the good thing about this is that I invited Isabel again to my show to have a full-on hour with her to speak deeply about this subject. We were speaking about food issues and eating disorders and how sometimes painful circumstances, trauma, uh, hmm, darkness, depression, seem like it's the last end of the road, when in actuality they are catalysts that can really transform your path if we choose to see them from a different perspective. So I'm here with uh, life coach Isabel Loeb once again to take this conversation into a deep dive where we left off in the previous episode. And in today's episode, we're discussing extreme cases of self-abuse, perfectionism, and the amnesia of the feminine soul as it manifests through the extreme cases of eating disorder and depression. I want you guys to understand that nothing that happens on the physical realm goes unnoticed uh, from our soul or emotional aspect of ourselves. It has, there is a connection uh, we are all connected, mind, body, and soul, and nothing from the body goes without goes unnoticed from our our heart, our intuition, our soft side, our our soul. So, um, I mean, we are probably gonna be very vulnerable and open. We're gonna share. <laughs> We're going to share some stories that, that have to do with, with pain and trauma, but they also have to do with strength and curiosity. And this is what pushed us, both Isabella and I, to align our path with one of healing and empowerment and health and beauty and dance and music and fucking saying that we love ourselves and we're taking this world by the horns <laughs> and we are just loving life and uh you know this is just a, a great way of showing others that this is the only way to live life happy happy <laughs> so um a couple of things from the last show so we can recap on where we left off we were speaking about uh, trauma and how the body seeks tools in a disordered way to cope with, with pain. We were talking about how we also sometimes self-sabotage, um, excuse me, we self-sabotage as a form of punishment because we feel not deserving. We also mentioned, or we started the conversation very briefly, we didn't go deep into it, but that is something that I want to highlight today how sometimes having high standards is a reflection of self-induced perfectionism. And I want, to, I want to point out that perfectionism is not an attribute of the 
personality type A, all winner, successful type of person. It's actually self-abuse. So I want you to hear that again. Perfectionism is self-abuse. We also spoke about how anorexia is the amnesia of the divine feminine. It's a complete mental collapse of what femininity symbolizes. It's when we lose the ability to love, to nourish, to create a home for ourselves, and to tap into our creative power. Anorexia is a coping mechanism that we use as a tool or resource to deal with severe trauma. Our pain is so deep that we numb down the emotional body to not be able to feel anything at all. So looking at this from a different perspective, anorexia is actually a higher calling to transform collective suffering into unconditional and radical love. And I also want to, I see you nodding and I see how you (laughs) agree with this. Uh, I also want, want to point out that a lot of of women, I'm speaking about women and not to leave men out of the conversation, but we both men and women deal with food issues in a different, from a different perspective and in a different way. So this is why I'm referring to women right now. When women are dealing with anorexia or bulimia issues, uh, these women are highly sensitive. And so they not only carry their own pain, but they carry the pain of their environment, of their culture, of their family. So these are women that are able to take in, they're, very, they're, they're um, empathic souls that are able to take so much and they cannot say, stop, I cannot do it. They just, they just want to. They have this kind of like, a, they are the caretakers. They, want to, they know that this is their mission to take care of the world. But first, before doing that, they have to take care of themselves. So for today's show, I have Isabel Loeb with us. She's a holistic health and life coach who emerges from over a decade in recovery from life-threatening anorexia and bulimia. Uh, I like to call those blessings in disguise who push her to reclaim her own feral feminine brilliance. Isabel speaks her own voice and she embodies the wild woman. My dear (laughs) Isabel, such a pleasure to have you with me again. Thank you for the opportunity. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so good to be here. What an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a writer. I can't help it. (laughs) Oh, you're just such an incredible host. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, It's great to have you. And I, you know, I love that I didn't know what I was doing when I started writing uh, the Wild Woman book, to be honest. I always had this intuitive uh, knowing about, you know, when I started Psychology of Eating, I I saw it. I saw very clearly how the lack of feminine connection causes women to suffer. And and so this idea just stayed in my mind, in in my my blood. And one day, you know, actually after a breakup... (laughs) I said, you know what, let's stop crying and let's start writing. And I started writing the Wild Woman book and it just took off. It it actually aligned what I had in my mind. And I started speaking about it, talking about it and connecting the dots. And then that gave way not only to this book, this radio show and myself, but it led the way to connect with other people 
like you, right? So it's almost like a, um, you know, it's like a, like, a, like a web of energy that is happening among us. And suddenly we're picking up on it and we are connecting, we're talking about it. And it just, it's just great to have these conversations because this is how we can actually heal. It's the understanding that we have to pay attention to what our heart, our emotions, our soul is saying to actually heal the outside, right? And um, we've been so disconnected with this, with this, um, with this sense of healing, because naively we trust doctors a hundred percent, which is nothing wrong with that. But sometimes healing requires both the masculine and the feminine, the uh, the holistic and the more functional side of it, or you know, the more. Uh, right away kind of like emergency uh, approach but also it requires patience it requires time it requires understanding right and i think that's where you and i jump in because we went through it and we understand that it really takes facing yourself to get out from whatever you are um so that's i, I think that's where you and i left off last time i was asking you you know and what happened what changed and you were telling me about your story when that you drop off or you, you left college and suddenly you face yourself in the mirror and it took you an ounce of like a drop of curiosity to turn things around. Correct. Why? Why don't you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. It, uh, oh God, just so much gold in everything that you talked about. Oh my God. Um, it's overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, shit had to really, really hit the fan for me, um, uh, where I was just in complete and utter misery so that, um, I, oh God, I remember, um, so I didn't make it through my first semester of college. I went to a very, very expensive college and I, um, yeah, I saw myself in the mirror in this particular moment and it it struck me how my life was my my life was was so so painful. Um the only thing that was bringing me quote unquote joy was my emaciation. Um it, it was it was awful. <laughs> and um in that moment it that moment really did mark my willingness to radically change direction. I, it's like I was, it just, and that was not the moment that I started recovery. That was not the moment that I started being okay. It took time of uh, <laughs> still being sick. Um, but I was looking, you know, whereas before I was, um, I, I, I still wanted to be sick, if that makes sense. I yeah. Still, yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to healing, awareness is one of the first steps into any healing journey. And uh, we can bring awareness to our state of mind by simply reflecting on our actions and our thoughts. But definitely for any type of journey, the most important thing the most important or the first step for anything is to bring awareness into the present moment it seems so simple right and yeah awareness is 
changes everything. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I thank you for, for that. <laughs> because I said it like, look, my friends, this is your cure. But no, you're totally right. Uh, awareness is confronting yourself and say, fuck. <laughs> oh my God, I actually need to do this. Or, oh my God, I've been all this time thinking that things are this way. Or I've been doing this to myself. Or yeah, awareness is to really flip your truth completely and yeah you're right <laughs> you're totally right it's not something easy to make uh it's not it's not just waking up and say today i'm gonna worry about my actions right uh but it is definitely it's definitely like you say it's, it's trying to like it's like if you had a little um compass and you start to calibrate it you know it's, it's that it's, it's starting to it's actually grabbing onto the compass and say okay where is north it's trying to look for your north that that is awareness i guess we can put it in those terms <laughs> yes yes it's like there's a reason that propaganda is a thing right? <laughs> and the courage that you're referring to when you say us being vulnerable and speaking the the transition that you had from stifling your voice to channeling her out into the gifts that you have to give in the world that liberates and opens and frees every other woman up to do the same. Yes. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, when we're speaking about our lives today, you know, this happiness that just filters, not, not filters, but that runs through our veins, right? The way that we glow or the way that we smile the way that we decide for ourselves, the way that we choose us, right? Uh, the way that we know what belongs, what doesn't, the way that we decide to take a walk, the way that we gift ourselves, the way that we nourish ourselves. Uh, it's not something that comes as, you know, a pretty world with rainbows and butterflies and then everything is beautiful. It comes with a respons responsibility. And I think it's, it's, necessary to understand that any sort of spiritual path comes with a responsibility, right? It's not just people flying or flowing or levitating, wearing beautiful white capes and thinking that everything is okay, right? It's actually grounding ourselves and facing these challenges when it comes to being a human being, uh, when it comes to opening up, when it comes to speaking the truth, when it comes to not agreeing someone else and voicing out your thoughts when it comes to being a guide or a leader for someone else. So that is, if you, if you, you know, if you want to put it this way, this is the price, the price we, we pay for living the life that we choose, which in fact goes great together because when we do that, we're being of service. And when we are of service, we get the greatest high there is ever in the whole entire world. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Thank God for that, that ability to respond, that responsibility, because it is a reclamation of all parts of myself. Otherwise, yeah, it's, it's not quote unquote spirituality. It's pseudo spirituality. I mean, what is spiritual, right? That, that's a whole yeah. other rabbit hole. 
<laughs> totally. The term has been used so vaguely that, to be honest, the best way that I put it is that I am a human being, right? I am plain being human. You know, I am from the school of thought of being a human being, a human person with mind, body, and soul. <laughs> you know, that life happens here, it happens there, it happens outside of us, it happens inside of us, but it's this interaction with, with uh, each other. It's able to connect with you and give you a hug or a smile or write, to, write you a poem or listen to your story and, and feel it or, or resonate with what you're saying. It's this ability, you know, when you are... Um, translating responsibility into the ability to respond is this ability that we have to respond to each other from a place, from a place of caring, from a place of being kind, from a place of loving unconditionally. Right. And we can only do that when we do it to ourselves. So it is a beautiful reward to love yourself and be able to give that to somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So why don't we go back to that day, uh, you know, when you had that thought of, or that, that moment of, of awareness when you decided to look someplace else. And actually, why don't we go a little bit, uh, you know, before that, and why don't you share with us a little bit of your struggles when dealing with something such as anorexia? Mm. Uh, sure, yeah, I'm going to try to, not skim over too much and kind of hone it into a few stories that hopefully uh, speak <laughs> are more connective, allow us all to feel more connected, whoever is chiming in. Um, mm. I am the eldest of three and my father kind of raised me as his son. <laughs> and um I love my dad dearly by the way I feel that's super important to me to say he would like give his life for me he would do anything right um my parents love me deeply and um the trauma that they picked up from prior generations that they um they they made so many different choices and so much forward progress from prior generations. And then there was more and, and my siblings and I picked up the next piece and, um, and it was really bad. It was, really, it was really bad. I, um, at the height of my illness, I was throwing up seven times a day. You know, I was not functioning and my little sister nearly died of anorexia herself. Um, at the age of, I think she was 11 and my parents were in complete denial, uh, which was so terrifying because I thought I was going to see my sister starve herself to death at, I was turning 13. So I was going into fucking puberty. It was like, not okay, too much. <laughs> um, and you know, if we start to weave in, how is it that our connection to feminine wisdom um, or disconnection from feminine wisdom breeds so much of, um, of this trauma and this pain? And despite, 
despite people's intentions, right? My, our parents love their kids. Um, I, you know, I was actually this week um, revisiting how is it that I was talked with about pussy, about my pussy, about my womb, about my sexuality. Um, and, you know, there's a lot that just wasn't really talked about, but I was picking up on, on at the same time. Um, and so there were a lot of contradictory, confusing, unspoken dynamics um, in this kind of next phase of transition for, um, for women into, um, you know, it's like my, my French Catholic grandmother was, um, you know, she didn't, she didn't have a job. She stayed at home. She, you don't ask your husband where he's going on a business trip. Um, very pious in the sense of um, the conditioning to not have any needs. Um, she would like fall and break her arm and say nothing and be at the dinner table clutching her arm. And we would finally say, what, what, are you okay? That bad. Um, to my mother's generation where, um, you know, my mother was always very, uh, for instance, pro-choice. And I always knew there was never going to, like, if I ever needed anything as far as birth control, <laughs> that that was um, very accepted. And then my generation is more at this level of like, fuck birth control, fuck hormonal birth control. It's so toxic. It disconnects us from the moon, from, <laughs> it unplugs our, you know, speaking of your compass. Like You're bringing some subject <laughs> themes that are extremely important when it comes to reconnecting with our, with our feminine energy, which, which have to do with sexuality, religion, uh, uh, social standards, uh, depression of the masculine and depression that women do to their own selves. So why don't we take a little break and you guys chill, relax, and uh, meet us in a couple of seconds when we are going to be talking about deeply about the wild woman. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Nourishment and baked goods in the same sentence? It's possible. You'll want to visit PamelaWasabi.com. Pamela Wasabi Bakery specializes in creating delicious desserts made with organic, wholesome, and exotic ingredients. Enjoy cookies, brownies, birthday cakes, and even silky cheesecakes. And the best part? Everything is vegan and gluten-free. Shop at PamelaWasabi.com. Bite into our heavenly lavender cookie with roasted pistachio. Sink your fork into a slice of passion fruit cheesecake or a piece of our decadent vanilla almond cake with rose frosting. Oh, and you must try our customer favorite, a celestial chocolate chip cookie with charcoal salt. Everything we have is delicious. We ship nationwide. And right now, you can use the code VEGAN to receive free shipping. Place your order today at PamelaWasabi.com. And remember to use the code VEGAN for free shipping. Pamela Wasabi Bakery. Eat more beauty. Eat more beauty. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Nourishing the Feminine Soul. To get in touch with the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to radio at PamelaWasabi.com. Now, back to Nourishing the Feminine Soul. Here's Pamela Wasabi. All right, my friends, we are back. And I'm telling you, I am loving this conversation because Isabel is really targeting every every little thing that we need to speak about when it comes connecting with your body, connecting with your sexuality, connecting with your own wild woman. I hope that one hour is going to be okay. <laughs> so uh, you were telling me, or, or we left off when you were talking about how our current generation has some sort of uh, personality or attitude about saying to the world, hey, fuck off, right? Uh, but I think that there is a, a, a deeper thread into our attitude. We are not really saying, fuck the world, I am alone. We're actually saying, hey, I am here, and we are going to shake this world up and make things, make things right again, right? That is, that, that is what's happening right now. And a lot of these food issues and eating disorders, what are actually doing to each single woman is telling her, hey, enough with the bullshit. <laughs> Reclaim yourself. Reclaim yourself. Save yourself from this conditioned mentality that the very lower ego mind is trying to uh, paint over the whole entire world and tell the world that there is another way. So I, I want to hear more from you. So please keep telling me, you are telling me about your family, uh, uh, your grandma, your mom. We were speaking about how sexuality has been um, oppressed uh, on us and how you, your generation and your siblings had to kind of like take the weight from our parents and we have to juggle with it and find a new way out, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, at the same time, it's actually so much of a return to ancient, well, not just the ancient wisdom of the body and the inherent wisdom of nature, but so much ritual and ceremony and indigenous um, customs that that have been uh, desecrated and 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 kind of defaced and. Um, I, I still have everything to learn there too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's not really about negating the way that our parents are. It's really understanding what they went through and how they lack the tools and they have, they lack the guides to make up their life, a, 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 you know, something better. And it's not that they don't have a good life or anything like that, but they, you know, we as kids from any generation, we experience the pain from our parents and that, that sinks in 
And we women, what we do is that we absorb the pain from our parents because we have that mother energy inside, that caretaker that wants to take care of the pain around us. We, we are naturally empaths. So that is, that is embedded into our own subconscious. That is like what we came to the world to do, to, to be a mother in the sense that we like to take care of things, right? So, you know, more, like a lot of our pain, it's not because it has been inflicted in the way of, of somebody did, that, this, did this to us. It's been inflicted because we like to absorb that and we like to transform it into something better. But sometimes we get stuck in that process of, oh, shit, I am absorbing this and I have no idea what to do with it. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. I think we touched on this a little bit in our last conversation. It's like we're born with these superpowers and in a way we kind of we, we learn how to use them. And until we've learned how to use them or remember how to use them, uh, it can get really confusing and intense. Yeah. Yeah. And the quote also that comes to mind listening to you is um, this Carl Jung quote about, um, oh gosh, I might butcher this and I'm paraphrasing it, um, that how children pick up the burden of the unlived life of their parents yeah, yeah. Uh, i actually have a you know some sort of quote in my book that says that when we heal we're healing from our ancestors also right so they, Not more than ever yeah i mean we're talking about systemic racism and how no matter what color we are there's been a uh, a way that all these lineages fit together to create this awful yeah and systemic sexism right because uh to think that the woman is lesser or that and not, not only the woman when, it ter- when it, in terms of gender but in terms of individuality we think that the emotional is lesser and that is how we appear to the world or that is how we show show up into the world thinking that because today I'm feeling sad. It's not something that I need to pay attention to. And I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, maybe eat a burger to feel better about myself and then just get some drinks and then go and meet someone and have a fun night. And then it, it's all done. But that sadness is gonna start piling up, right? It yeah, has, yeah. Yeah, and it has a way to express itself in this physical body. And that is why we get sick. Yeah, and, and it gets super confusing sometimes because um, there's, for instance, reclaiming my those those very um, those parts that are carrying such deep emotion that have been so wounded and that need to be heard, but also there's like there's a collapsed version of that even um, like a how do I describe this. If we look at um, mm, uh, suicidalism, for instance, it's like there's there's a way in which we need to have the capacity to hold that emotion as well. So, understandably, there's like, there's a whole jumble. There's it, there's a holistic, a very real integrative approach to to this reclamation. Yeah. And now that you that you bring bring that up you know when it comes to making space for emotions 
Um, I was looking at the Social Dilemma documentary not so long ago, and uh, they were talking about technology, social media, the, the, um, the consequences that we're suffering for the use, overuse, or misuse of social media, however you want to see it. But they were also speaking about how technology has advanced a thousand percent faster than our, our brain, that our human capacity, right? And, and I think, in a sense, our emotional intelligence has also, is also lacking this advancement or this, this, this growth or evol evolution. Like instead of evolving into being a better human being, we are advancing on a technological sense, but our emotions, our ability to choose ourselves, our ability to feel, to think, it's staying behind. So how can we make space for all these big, important catalyst, emotional situations that are calling for our attention when in fact we are leaving so little room to feel and to connect with ourselves? Right? How can we make room for that emotional reconnection and its wisdom and communication? Yes, if, if we are just forgetting about the most basic foundation of being human, which is to feel, mm. right? We feel, we think, we talk, we dance, we sing, we cry. And that is kind mm. of like being, you know, categorized as, not so important or second choice or last option or rear view mirror type of vision, right? It's not upfront where, you know, so we can understand what's going on, you know? And, and then we deal with, with these issues that you were speaking about before when it comes to, to your parents, when they see someone that is suffering and not only your parents, but when we have someone in our family and they are suffering, it is so heavy that we don't have the space to hold them. So we turn to denial because that is our cope mechanism to deal with the situation because we don't have the capacity, the ability, or the emotional intelligence to deal with somebody else's pain, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that you and I spoke about this before. You know, you and I met, and after we finished our first conversation, both, of, both you and I were like, I am holding a space for you. And I think those were literally the words, the words we use because we knew how important it was to give each other space and, and silence to digest everything that had just been said. Yeah, it's so ironic here too. It's so simple. If we imagine emotions and you put emotions in a pressure cooker and they build up <laughs> rather than keeping the valve open, and the keeping the valve open, being in the form of, hi, I'm Isabel. I feel the same. I feel this. Oh, you too? Oh, me too. Like, it's so simple. Yes. It's so simple. Just the yes. safety. Yes. And, yeah. And what you're speaking about is, is that it's connecting with the feminine side of ourselves that has the, the capacity to feel for someone else that... Uh, contains that empathic magic 
power to understand what someone else is going through. And then you also, you can also see the effect on that when the feminine intuitive power is lacking. And when somebody sees pain in somebody else's and they lack that ability, they, I mean, nobody lacks the ability to connect with themselves, but they deny their ability to connect with themselves. What they do is that they judge, they deny the situation, they criticize, uh, and they blame you, they shame you, they laugh at you, and, you know, they tell you, I don't know, it's not, you know, whatever you're going through, like wipe those tears and, you know, show up next day to work and, and call it a day. So, uh, and that comes from a place of fear. All that, all that sense, all that uh, result of, of judging somebody else comes from a place of fear because we are denying ourselves to look within and feel those, certain, those same emotions within ourselves. So when we want to deny what's happening in the outside world, which is exactly happening in the inside world, we don't want to do that because we are completely shitless scared of what could happen if we pay attention to our emotions. Yeah, yeah. Understandably, when there's such heavy conditioning that those parts within myself are, are worthy of so much spite. Like we've all done it, right? We've all judged. We're human. We're always going to have some judgment in these moments. Um, but yeah, turning the, the ship around um, and creating safety in, in with myself and then in relating with others, um, it, yeah, it absolutely. It requires putting down the blame, being self-responsible. Yeah, that takes, that can take so, so much courage and that that is such a form of of leadership to be someone who stands in this is going on inside me when and to uh to have that vulnerability when we've had so such repetitive trauma around being cast out for that being uh, yeah, our sense of identity being so torted. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, this was great. <laughs> that, it's like, it's like the, the purity and the beauty of this, of who we are has been made into this red herring instead of like this system or this construct is actually what's not working <laughs> for us. So great. <laughs> us. <laughs> I mean, I, I think really what, what's, uh, what's not working is that we are not developing our emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence is able to honor your masculine side and your feminine side and know how to dance between them. Know that sometimes there comes uh, a moment to show up as the masculine and dedicate time for immediate things and sometimes it's a time for the feminine uh, and show up or slow down and offer a space so we are lacking the ability to dance between our poles and i mean i i i, I uh you know my, my, my statement is that this comes from a place of, of fear like to me I, I see the world and i see a bunch of 
fearful creatures being completely scared of themselves. Uh, and I can tell you, I was scared of myself. I was scared of what could happen. And we are scared of the unknown. We are scared of our own potential sometimes. We, you know, Marianne Williamson has that famous quote that says, you know, it's not that we are scared of the darkness, that we are scared of our own light, right? Because again, you know, light, with light comes responsibility. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and there's a whole world that opens up to us in Talk. that world, yes. And I, I just, I love... You're so on it when you touch on this um, healing of the masculine energy, if you will, of um, you were talking earlier about how empathic uh, those of us with, um, you know, we are as women naturally, um, but certainly so, so many of us um, have this superpower of being able to pick up on what's going on around us and in the world and in people, we have this like this really fine tuned, bless you, <laughs> system. <laughs> and there's a way in which I know for myself, honestly, oh my God, it felt, I felt so permeable to the world. And that was so overwhelming if I was in an environment where people aren't aligned with their health um, or with self-love, that shit's intense. And I've had to, I've learned now to actually trust that. Yeah. Number one, trust that, trust what I'm picking up on. And two, I, I, I'm able now to kind of have the choice. I know how to, decide whether I take an energy in so deeply into my system or if I kind of, I notice it and I decide I don't want to absorb it deeply into my system. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you remind me of so many things when you were, when you were talking just now. And one thing is that, you know, those that, landed on this path we have to understand that sometimes we're not going to please everyone <laughs> right sometimes people might get upset because of the responses that we have people might not like what we have to say or how we live our lives you know um but that like we are not here to please we are here to like you don't live on expectations right it's not about I have to fulfill somebody else's expectation of what they think life should be. I am here to fulfill my life to the fullest by embracing that light and knowing when to say no also. So it's, again, it's not a life of butterflies and rainbows and a whole yes that never ends, right? Like a, I picture this Mario Kart kind of like racing fields <laughs> that never end, you know? <laughs> but it's not like that, you know, it takes, it takes grounding, sounding, um, a, a power or, or decency to say yes and to say no, right? And, and I also think that sometimes when we are in places of pain, we are struggling with that ability to say yes and no. And sometimes those yeses and those nos uh, are just easier when we are kind of like, punishing ourselves it's easier to uh, 
you know, denied ourselves from pleasure or, or health or wellness or, you know, when we're so deep and in those moments of darkness, we just keep with this uh, kind of like recording of I'm not lovable, I am alone, I don't love myself, I'm not worthy. And we stay in that, we stay in that uh, frequency. And it's so difficult to, to get out of there, but because we have, and again, you know, the expectation card comes in. We expect so much of ourselves in that sense, but when in fact, what we need to do is to be kind and to be understandable and to have a space for our own selves so we can kind of like regroup and start walking again step by step with no rush whatsoever, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love the how that kind of touches on we have seasons. Yeah. Um, just like because we are part of Mother Nature and how um, the reconnection with myself Quarantine, I think, has been so amazing for so many people in this way. I know it has been for me where I've come to an even deeper layer of, oh, here's what lights me up. Here's what brings me joy. And when I repress myself on account of people aren't going to like me, I throw away, quote unquote, myself. And then I have nothing. I don't have my compass system. I don't have joy. I don't have because we are starting to touch into the theme of perfectionism, right? And that perfectionism is that self-abuse, that thinking that we have to show to the world so many or, or such a high standard of ourselves that if not, we're not going to be accepted. So it's, it's very easy mm-hmm. to fall into the thread or, or into the web of, of fear again or of comparison you know, and, and those are, those are actually also cope mechanisms from our ego. I call it our child ego. I'm also a fan of Carl Jung. And in my book, I describe these three different types of egos that we have. And that the whole purpose of the ego is to protect ourselves, right? But we can do it in different circumstances or in different way. We can do it from a place of fear, or you can do it from a place of love, right? And in, and when it comes from a place of fear, is this child ego that has been harmed or traumatized for so long in their life that this ego wants you to keep safe. So perfectionism is another tactic to say, hey, don't do that because you know what? You're not going to do it good enough or you're not going to show up to the world to be you know, great enough. So those are that's the ego talking, right? Perfectionism is this ego telling us, hey, stay the same, don't change, don't do anything don't grow, don't evolve, just just keep the same way. And if we tie this up to our previous conversation of our emotional intelligence has not ascend at all whatsoever, it's because all the attributes of the lower ego are dominating our mind. <laughs> right? We are uh, we we are not seeking to embrace the delicate the delicate and sometimes the lower ego and it wins the wins the race or wins the conversation and uh 
But yes, uh, when you are healing, you are confronted with these conversations all the time. And you can always choose. You always, has the, you always have the ability to choose. And it's, uh, and it's dancing. It's choosing. It's, it's just taking some time, taking some space, taking some, some distance. There's no need to respond right away. You can also observe. You know, being the observer is a great technique to understand what's going on. And... Uh, and yeah, and all of this is how you bring awareness. All of this is how you, you fall into yourself, right? Yes. yes, giving ourselves the grace to be gentle with ourselves in some of the legs of these healing processes. Because, uh, you know, as you and I were kind of referring to when you say blessings in disguise, there's there ten, in the heroine, the heroes or heroines journey, there is this initial phase of, I'm not going to be okay. <laughs> it's too much. Uh, it's gnarly. Uh, it is just facing the ultimate demons. Yeah. Ourselves. And yeah. then, and then there's, yeah, step by step with these various tools. They're the openings until we come to this vista where we're able to stand in the integration that has happened and the people who are suffering in the ways that we were um, get so much relief, even just from being in our presence, because it's, it's like everything that they're craving too. We all recognize love, whether we're conscious of it or not. That's always going to be there. Um, but it's our ability to receive it mm. that makes the whole difference. Mm. 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 Right? Sometimes we don't even feel deserving of love and nobody should feel like that. Yeah. 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 Well, Isabel, this was great. And like I said before, I can talk hours with you we have so many layers of the wild women <laughs> we have so many layers to discuss when it comes to healing when it comes to the journey when it comes to facing yourself when it comes to struggles the trauma and i love how you say the journey is gnarly because <laughs> it truly is it's not pretty but you know what i look back at my story and I, I, I am proud of it. You know, I wouldn't change a thing. And I know that every time that I'm struggling through something, I'm going to get out of there because there's always a way out. Yeah. You know, I, I joke to a friend since I've been in recovery for 10 years, I joke that I have a PhD in like the life experience of recovery. Absolutely. Yeah. Those experiences are invaluable. Yeah. So my friends, we all have that ability to reconnect with the wild woman. And actually, I titled this episode, Returning to the Wild Woman. And we can all agree that a powerful woman is beyond beautiful. Her tenacity is inspiring. Her message resonates with everyone's heart. She carries herself with such presence that even the sun feels compelled about her light. She is a wild woman. Isabel. Thank you. And everyone else listening, thank you for tuning in. And I'll see you next Wednesday, 11 a.m. on Voice America Health and Wellness Show.
Thank you for tuning into Nourishing the Feminine Soul. Be sure to join Pamela Wasabi for another edition of the program next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until our next show, have a beautiful week.